current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. government is warning that we're taking steps forward toward Ezekiel 38 and 39, but they don't even know it. Meanwhile, President Biden is taking steps toward deepening our condemnation from God. England begins condemning travel as a way to save the planet. Is that because the planet is erupting with volcanic activity? Or is it because we're redefining what's a man and woman? Here's what we do know. These are the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, December 16th, 2022. And here's something else we know. You won't be sorry when you subscribe to our podcast through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google. Or to learn more and see more, check out all the signs of the times at thewaymedia.net. And now here to help us define what's a man and woman is Pastor Mark, who recently told his wife he wanted to be cremated. So she made an appointment for Tuesday. Yeah, yeah that's You not know, good. I think she misunderstood. Yeah, that's not good. She didn't. Yeah. I, I think she timing is everything, well, really, know, isn't yeah, it? You know, and she's always kind of got a little bit of a head. A little, a little bit, bit of head. head there, you know, so. Well, she she's a go-getter. Yeah. She's not she's not about procrastination. Yes. 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 She'll love me till the end. And that's that's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. OK. We could spend a lot of time doing that, but we won't. because We're going to get into articles. Um Okay, so this is from Israel, uh, Pastor Mark, is this Israel Hayom? Is that how you pronounce it? Israel Hayom.com? Yes, yes, Hayom. Okay, yes. Hayom. Like Yom, like Yom is day, oh, Yom, the day, okay. the day. Hi- okay, there you go. You know, you're, you just have, you, you just have Jewish blood. No, I know one or two words, veins. those are the two. Okay. And how to order a falafel? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. I can do that. The U.S. is warning of, quote unquote, unprecedented uh, Moscow Tehran ties that could significantly bolster Iran's air force. Well, no kidding. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, Greg. And this there's another article we didn't have. I didn't include it, oh, okay. but I just saw another one today where, again, they're talking about Russia to uh, Tehran ties there. What's happening is. They're deepening their ties, and we'll talk about why this is so important. They've been working together, but this is getting now more serious. According to the White House, Russia and Iran considering standing up a, a drone assembly line in Russia for the <laughs> Ukraine conflict. While Russia was training Iranian pilots in the Sukhoi Su-35 fighter, and Iran could receive deliveries of the plane within the year. The Biden administration is accusing Russia of moving to provide advanced military assistance to Iran, including air defense systems, helicopters, fighter jets, Part of a deepening cooperation between the two nations as Tehran uh, provides drones to support Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Now, now, look, this has been going on for a while. They've been working together for a long time. As you know, they're working together right now in Syria. So um, I was going to say, are they drop shipping all the aircraft to Syria for Iran to come and pick up? You know, I don't know how they're delivering it all. But the point is, Greg, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me anywhere they're doing it. The, the key thing in this is when you look in the headlines, it says unprecedented. And put that in quotes. They've been working together, Russia and Iran, for years. For a long time. Oh, yeah. It just in the last part, 10 to 15 years, we've seen that. And we've been kinda, talking about it yeah. on this show. And yeah. it was it was the first time in the last 10 to 15 yeah. years when it kicked in, but we talked about it. Yeah. Well, now what's happened is a new level has kicked in. This is where they're building arms on each other's property and land. They're working together. They're, they're sharing technologies. They're sharing. So what has happened is they've upped the ante. They are becoming official allies in a deeper sense. And why is that significance for the signs of the times listeners? Because we know Ezekiel 38 and 39 says at some point, these guys are going to spearhead the move with three other major countries and probably others being involved, but five major countries, those being the two main ones, attacking the nation of Israel from the north. And I think that attack, Greg, out of 38 and 39 of Ezekiel is going to be a catalyst 
right around the rapture. It's either right before, during, right after. It's, that's going to be a catalyst for the rapture, and we're watching the uh, the preparation build more and more. So we keep an eye on this because this is hugely important prophetically. Is it fair to say that it will be an attempted attack, or you know, because based on how Ezekiel, yeah, you know, spells it out, yeah, that they're going to begin an attack You're right. that God is going to supernaturally defend the nation from. Right. That doesn't mean that they won't be unscathed in to anything. Right. I mean I who we really don't know and I don't think Ezekiel tells us that you know exactly like not a not a shot will land on a person and yeah, it you doesn't. know you're but right. it doesn't say that they're going to sustain casualties either. Right. We don't exactly know, but that's a good point, right. Greg. Okay. Technically, the attack will begin as far as the as the military moving across the border. But as far as an attack hitting any people, it may not. Yeah. You may be exactly right. Either way, whether it gets people or starts to get people, then God stops it. Here's what the Bible says. God is going to abruptly stop all these armies coming in and wipe them out. Five sixths of them are going to be wiped out. Five sixths of the Russian of the invading armies. So all these these countries coming in, there's going to be a devastating event that takes place. Yeah. And of course, we've talked about that in the past. I personally believe it's going to be a, a revived volcano. That may sound crazy if you don't if you're not a science of the times listener in the past, but yeah. uh, when you read it, it says it's going to be something that's supernatural and that the world and Israel specifically will recognize as supernatural. And if it was just a missile. Or uh, a great strategic military move by them or some other yeah. country. Well, the world would just say, wow, look how they did that. Yeah. But for the world to say, God did this, there's got to be something beyond man. And right there where they're entering, right up in that region, we've talked about it, there are some uh, dormant cone volcanoes. Lots, and, lots of them. Yes, which have exploded over the years. They haven't for the last thousand, but they're up there and, and, and they're dormant. But if those things suddenly sprang to life, what's interesting about the Cone Volcano, those of you who want to do your homework, go look at them. What they do is they only destroy the area immediately around them. Um, and, and anything right around them, they just, they just take them out, which could take out armies like that and not even hurt the rest of the nation, really. And what's interesting, Greg, and this kind of adds a little bit of uh, fire to the coastlands. We've always thought about fire to the coastlands as maybe nuclear exchange or missiles, and it indeed could be. However, um, I'd never realized till looking at the cone volcanoes in Israel, they shoot fire all the way to the coastline of the Mediterranean. So when they exploded in the past, they shot fire all the way to the coastlands. That yeah. is the Mediterranean mm. in Israel, as well as they, uh, they said it, and we know it came all the way down to the Sea of Galilee because they used the basalt, which is the result of the lava hardening. Right. For all their building down there, for a lot of their building, Corzim is almost completely made of this volcanic basalt from those cone volcanoes that spewed from upper northern Israel. And they said that even it would come, you see, it would hit the, it would hit the Sea of Galilee. I mean, what, it would splash. I mean, it was the, when the rocks came down, yeah. they landed because they go up so high. The lava would go up so high with a cone volcano. It shoots it up so high. They solidify quickly. And as they come back down, they come down as, as rock or basalt, which they call, interestingly enough, bombs. And the bombs yeah. hit the ground and explode, and whatever's near it, they take out. Or right next to the volcano, they'd be dropping these bombs and exploding, plus they release the fire and brimstone, which truly yeah. comes out of them, on the ground. And they say the vapors kill anybody on the ground around them. And then the bombs will catch those on the surrounding area, these things they call right. bombs. So the point is, it just looks almost like word-for-word word verbatim out of 38, yeah. 39, a cone volcano, which is really, really interesting. Like lava rocket launchers. Yeah. And, and we would surmise to say very similar to... How God took care of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, you know you, that is interesting. Now it wasn't a volcano, um, we but it was the same I type of. Were, I thought there was volcanoes. Or, well, you know, Greg, in let, that me, area. let me not say that because I haven't. I, I I can't say for sure. I've never heard of a volcano down there. It's tar pits. Okay. And gases, and they said that that it ignited and exploded. Maybe there were volcanoes. I have to do some homework on that. But I know there were tar okay. pits in the gases, and it did explode, go up in the air, and come down on top of them the way God did that. Right. As fire came down from heaven. Right. It was this exploding yeah. tar pits and gases and all down there. Okay. Uh, but they, there maybe there was some volcanic activity there. I just I thought I remembered, or maybe I misremembered, when we were looking at all of the volcanoes, the cone volcanoes, right, um, in northern Israel, that. We looked south where the Dead Sea is and saw volcanoes down there. But I, I could be misremembering that or assuming that. But I thought when we were looking at where all the volcanoes are or volcanic activity or cone volcanoes are around the world, it's amazing 
how many of these things exist right. that you don't even know about because for the most part, the majority of them are dormant. Right. You're so right. anyway. Yeah. I, again, I'll have to look at that. It, yeah. We could have talked about that. And I can't remember. I know there are volcanoes. I look just real yeah. quick. And it says there are volcanoes in, in the Golan Heights, which is the area we're talking about right. and we know about. Yeah. Um, it, that's all it lists on okay. Wikipedia. But then again, I can't really trust Wikipedia. They're not yes. really a, a reliable source. Well, yeah. However, however, I'll look at some other things and we'll see on that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, Abraham Lincoln said you can always trust everything on the Internet. So, yeah, that was, I thought that was George Washington. Oh, maybe it was George. See, but I, I, but I think I read that on the Internet. So. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go to America, uh, where we find the Biden administration has signed a same-sex marriage bill. This is according to uh, uh, Breitbart.com. Isaiah 520 and Leviticus 1822 are the scripture references that you've assigned to this article, Pastor Mark. And uh, apropos, especially Isaiah 520, that I know well, uh, woe to those that call good evil and evil good. But what about Leviticus 1822? Yeah, it's it's interesting, Greg, um, that you, you know, again, this, let me read some of this and then we'll look at this. This is really horrible. Uh, But again, as you said, President Biden signed a bill making same-sex marriage legal nationwide on Tuesday. Describing it as a victory for freedom in America. How sad and perverted that statement is. But anyway, let's go on. There's nothing, and I quote him, listen to what he said, there's nothing more decent, more dignified, more American about what we're doing here today. No, there's nothing more wicked, more evil, more undignified, and more satanic than they did. Yeah. Um, he said this shouldn't be about being conservative or liberal, red or blue. Uh, he's right. It should be about God. Um, or realizing the promise of the declaration. Anyway. He goes on, so marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? He said, um, again, let me just say this. We're to love everyone, but God determines right and wrong. And this is where the messed up. It says in Leviticus 18 that for a man to be with a man the way he is with a woman or a woman to be with a, 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 a woman the way she is with a man, God calls that an abomination. Now, does that mean we don't love those people? Of course we love them. Now, now I know that would make people upset who don't understand. They're going to say, well, you're not loving that table. No, Jesus always spoke the truth. He never watered it down. He spoke the truth. He, he confronted people in their sin. He told the woman at the well, you know what? You've had five husbands and then none of them, or you've had five men. None of them was really, you know, your was right. You were living in sin the whole time. He did it because he loved her. He, he didn't confront her sin because he didn't love her. So it, it's not an issue of love. They try to make an issue of love. It's not an issue right. of love. We're to love everyone. But Greg, the Bible says that it's an abomination what he just approved. And what's interesting in Leviticus 18, what a warning against our president. And I'm, this is not Democrat, Republican. This is just a statement. I, I, same thing John the Baptist said about Herod. You just say the truth. It says, woe, woe to the person that does this. So I would say, woe to our president for signing this. He's got to stand before God one day and he will be judged unless he repents of this. Here's why. It's not up to us to decide right and wrong. We can't decide who can get married, who can't get married. We can't decide who a man is or a woman is. We can't decide that. We've not been granted that authority. That authority lies solely with God in the Word of God. God said that a man is a man. That's somebody who has X and Y chromosomes, regardless of what they feel. A woman is a woman. Those who have X and X chromosomes, regardless of how they feel. You, you're born with at birth, X and Y and or X and X. That determines male or female. You can't change it. You can't change it by surgery. You can't change it by opinion. You can't change it by anything. And the same thing is true when it comes to uh, marriage. God said marriage is between a man and a woman. It can't be any other way. So basically what happened with our president on Tuesday is he said, well, you know what? I'm sorry, God. I disagree with you. And I'm going to rewrite your word. I'm going to, I'm going to go against your word and say it's okay and it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And I, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I fear for him and anyone that goes along with this if they don't repent. But it's, it's more than that, Greg. It's a sad statement of where we are as a nation and where the world is. You know, the Bible says in the last days, it'll be again like it was in the days of, 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 you know, of Noah. Of Noah. Yeah. And, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Uh, and it was evil before God. And that's why God flooded the earth now to judge it. And God's going to come back again to judge the earth because of things like this. Yeah. So it's, it's again, we love everyone. But we must speak the truth so that they can be saved. If we don't tell them the truth, they have no opportunity for heaven. So we have to speak the truth and tell them, but this is an abomination before God. And we have to recognize that. And it puts our nation at jeopardy, not just him, but our whole nation. Because from the leader down, God's de- God deals with nations. Very, very sad. Uh, when we uh, are true expositors of the word, Pastor Mark, we know how important it is that we go back to the original language that the Bible was written in because right. our English just does not do God's word justice and doesn't reveal the truth right. or the true meaning right. of what God's word says. 
So with that in mind, if we were to take this news article and it was to be in the Greek, would the word love in this article not be the word eros? Yeah, I think that's very dumb. They would argue that it's not, Greg. They would argue that it's not. And and I, again, for our listeners' sake, the, the Greek breaks love out into different things. It breaks, uh, you know, eros love is the sexual love. Uh, you have phileo love, which is your brotherly friendship love. Yeah. Um, you have agape love, which talks about in Scripture, and that's a self-denying love, which, interestingly, that's applied to believers and unbelievers. A lot of people don't know that. Um, as believers, we take that word and we, we take it with, 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 um, uh, it glory in that sense of, you know, yes, we want, we want to die to ourselves and love others more than ourselves. But sadly, it's used uh, for those who love darkness. That's the word agape that Jesus talked about in John three. Mm. It says that the believer can also love their sin more than others. So they can actually love their evil more than others, even as we can love others more than ourselves. So the word is used in both applications. It's just one is totally fleshly and evil and one is godly. But with that said, yeah. um, yeah, I, you know, in this sense, Greg, I, I want to be careful on this. And, and here's what I'll tell you why. Number one, a lot of it is sexually driven. But for those that I've talked to and, and a very dear friend of ours, you know, Patty Hyde, who's been on the show yes, before. Yes, absolutely. Others, yes. Um, there are those that have come out of that lifestyle, given their life to Christ and gotten saved. She relayed to me that her love was genuine. It wasn't it wasn't just yeah. sexual. It was a genuine love, although it was wrong. So I think you can have those who have genuine love for someone of the same sex, but it's wrong in God's eyes. And the problem is a lot of people go, well, if it's genuine love, then it's right. You know, no, no, it's not. You can't, we can't say that it's right because the love is genuine. All we can say is, is that God said it is sin and we're to repent of it. And then once we give our life to Christ, he changes that love and he makes it the right kind of love, the way it's supposed to be. So I think in many cases it is driven by, by, you know, the sexual activity, but I do believe there are some that truly are just deceived and genuinely have feelings for each other. And that's where we have to be very gentle on how we share the gospel. We have to love them enough yeah. to say, look, I'm not denying that your love may be real, but your love is wrong. It's wrong in God's eyes. And if you don't repent, you're not going to be able to enter heaven. What does it say in First Corinthians chapter 6? It says uh, homosexuals are those that are attracted to same sex. It says don't be deceived. They will not enter the kingdom of heaven hmm. so so we can either kind of avoid the issue or um or, or whatever but if we love them if we truly love them if it, true love is to get somebody out of the grasp of of eternity away from god and into heaven and if we truly love them we have to address what's keeping them from heaven and if that relationship whether it's real love or not if it's keeping them from heaven we have to love them enough to allow them to get mad at us we have to love them enough in some cases they might even at first hate us but if they recognize through coming to Christ and, and, and receiving salvation through what Jesus has done on the cross, then they're going to know that our motivation was love. You know, I look at the Lord and they crucified him. They literally beat him and crucified him. They were so angry because he was speaking the truth. Right. And so if, if, if Jesus speaking the truth and nobody could speak the truth, Greg, more in love than Jesus. So if Jesus speaking the truth in love was so hated for it that they killed him, they're going to hate us, but we know in our heart that we love them. God knows that we love them. And one day in heaven, that will be borne out in reward that we get. And maybe in hopefully reward of bringing some of them with us into the kingdom of God. So yeah. there's a balance there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. Let's continue on and look at uh, some one world government news. This is uh, from the gateway pundit. It says uh, a county council in Oxfordshire, England, is edging toward restrictions on residents' travel, uh, quote-unquote, for the planet, yeah. as if for the sake of the planet. Yeah. To save the planet, we basically have to die to ourselves, literally. Yeah. Yeah, let's read it, and then let me tell you, give the overall picture of what's happening here so our listeners know what to be looking for. Again, the COVID passports were a dream come true for those trying to restrict the free travel of citizens, it says. And now the county of Oxfordshire, England, has another scheme ahead. It has approved plans to begin to trial climate restrictions using traffic filter permits to restrict the amount of driving area residents can do. And here's a, a quote from them. The story says this. Oxfordshire County City Council yesterday approved plans to lock residents into one of six zones. Not one of six zones. That's interesting. I, no, no point. Let's move on. To save the planet from global warming. The latest stage in the 15-minute city agenda is to place electronic gates on key roads in and out of the city, <laughs> confirming residents to their own, confining residents rather to their own neighborhoods. 
Under the new scheme, if residents want to leave their zone... Oh, my. You know, these guys are the ones zoning out, by the way. But if they want to leave their zone, they're going to need permission from the council who gets to decide. Look at this. The council gets to decide who's worthy of freedom and who isn't. No, they don't. God decides that. God alone has the power to decide freedom. And yet they're they're playing God. Under the new scheme, residents will be allowed, thank you very much, to leave their zone a maximum of 100 days per year. But in order to gain uh, this According to gain this, every resident will have to register their car uh, details with the council who will then track their movements via smart cameras around the city. Now, <laughs> my word, you talk where about where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. There is liberty. Yeah, remember, we're talking about yeah. this. Right. Wow. Every, every time we see lack of choice, we see the enemy's hand. Yes. Whenever choice is taken away. Here's what Satan wants. Satan wants total control. He doesn't want any choice. No free will. He's the one that makes all the decisions. And he wants total control. So what you're seeing is, here's what's happening. The world is marching toward total control by the Antichrist. So we're on that road. We're not there yet. We're, we're all driving down that road. We're not there yet. But you're watching all the, these are the street signs. We're driving by the street signs and they're saying, you know, total control up ahead. You know, uh, lack, loss of freedom up ahead. Keep driving another this many miles. And that's what's happening. It begins over there and it, as typically it always does. And it works its way here. Even like a lot of the stuff that starts in California works its way to, to, yeah. to our end of the country. Yeah. It begins there. And so what's working toward is again, this system of total control. It'll be controlled. The Bible says in Revelation 13, the Antichrist will control everything we do by a mark on our hand or our forehead. You can buy, sell where you can go, where you can't go. Remember his agenda is take your choice away, take your will away, have total control. He wants to be God, but he's an evil God. He's not a good God like our God. And it's interesting, Greg, because the, the, you know, the World Economic Forum started announcing a long time before this COVID thing. They, they now, again, I guess they, the Congress announced what this week or that they did say for sure that it was released from the Wuhan lab. I guess that's come out and it was released there in Congress. Okay. We officially proved that this It's le- taken them three years to announce what well, we already knew. Right. They knew it, but they officially announced it and then put it out there. So we now know that it was a leak from the Wuhan lab. So although they were denying it all this time, they now say, yes, it was manufactured and it was leaked. Now we, it's official, although we already knew that. But and and now the W the World Economic Forum, Greg said they used it to help promote this one world unity thing they're working on, right? Exactly. Well, they announced it a couple of years in advance and then did it. Well, here's what they're saying now: their recent, their most recent 22 World Economic Forum, they said the next major world event to push us more toward this one world government, one world system will be climate control issues. Right. So you're going to see more of this. This is yeah. about climate. Yes. So they're saying, oh, you can't drive too much because climate. So they're going to, they've made, they've gotten the world to buy into this. And now yeah. they're going to push all this you know, to, to push their agenda toward this total control right. agenda. So basically that wasn't a virus then, Pastor Mark. That was a bioweapon. Well, you know, it's, you want to be, yeah, I mean, again, when you read the papers on it, you want to be careful what you say and not say, because I've heard some doctors say, yes, indeed, it was a, was a virus. But it's interesting when you look at the, um, the actual documents and the patents. They're now releasing those, and it does list it, you know, as a bioweapon, which is kind of shocking when you read that. But at the same time, you have other uh, officials saying, no, it was also a virus. And so I don't know where it officially falls. I know what the patent says. I know what some doctors are saying. I'll, I'll at this point leave that to them. But I will say this. It was something that was leaked, um, and it would appear on purpose. The reason I say that is because the World Economic Forum was talking about it two years in advance, saying they were going to use it to bring the world into more control. Right. Well, then somebody had to make the decision to release it. Well, my thing about this article is now they're talking about um, rele- doing some more measures to get the world more in control by using climate yeah. issues. So I think we're going to see something else coming up real soon about climate issues in yeah. addition to these kind of things. You know, what's interesting when we go back to Ox- Oxfordshire there uh, for a moment uh, and talking about restricting people in these zones and then I think about the push that's out there to get everyone driving electric vehicles. Yeah. So if everyone's driving an electric vehicle, then what difference does it make? Because you're driving from point A to point B and you're not emitting anything out of a tailpipe because there is none. Yeah. But what what's interesting to me is I think about restrictions. Uh, a recent news story, uh, and I don't remember what town it was in, uh, somewhere here in the southeast, uh, a lady went into a store uh, had her child in the car. She left the car running, which never do. Yeah. Uh, but she did. Uh, I think it was a teenage boy or a, a young adult um, sees the opportunity to steal the car, sees the kid in the car, takes the kid out, puts the kid on the sidewalk, and takes off with the car. Well, through 
obviously talking to the wife or to the mother, um, find out that this is a GM vehicle that has OnStar on it. Yes, I heard about this. And so OnStar just shut the car down. Yeah. Just shut it down. Yeah. Which is cool in the fact that now this guy can't get away. Yeah. But ominous in the fact that technology is making its way into things that that in the right hands can be a blessing. Yeah. But in the wrong hands can be enslaving. Oh, yeah. And Greg, you're exactly right. We talked about digital currency. When that comes in, they're literally going to have everything digitized. They can flip a switch and turn things on and off and what your life can be. They can literally let you buy groceries, but turn your car off. Right. They can let you buy gas, but limit how much. They can let you buy, um, you know, uh, vegetables, but no meat that week. If you've, if you've gone beyond your carbon footprint, it is literally, if this happens on the digital currency, I know it's a whole different subject. We've, you know, we've talked about before, but if it happens and we're getting into that, again, it's a total control. That really leads us into our next article. So, I mean, maybe I should work right into it. Yeah. You just, there you go. There it is. It's there. G money. G money. Breitbart.com. Uh, this is, Rev- chain right this is Revelation Sorry. 13. Uh, I, I, I don't have my... Stop doing those hand movements. I, I don't, get, yeah. yeah. Uh, the UK is preparing... Yo. Uh, the UK is preparing to introduce a digital pound. Yeah. Central bank digital currency. Yeah. So basically a pound version of yes. the CBDC. Yes. And we're about to get pounded with it all yes. over the world. The de facto head of His Majesty's Treasury announced this week that the Bank of England has begun consul- consultations on implementing... A central bank digital currency, CBDC, that could usher in a globalist vision of a cashless society in which all transactions are traceable by the government. So you can't get away with anything. They know everything you're spending. They will tax everything you're spending. We'll get more into that. Yeah. Uh, Chancellor of the, uh, of the Exeter, Jeremy Hunt, revealed that as a part of his Edinburgh reforms or Edinburgh reforms of Britain's financial services, the Bank of England will begin consultations on the design of a central bank digital currency, which would act as a digital version of the pound sterling. Now, here, we we already got the conversation started. Let me go into this. You need to understand, they will pull the trigger on on this at some point, because Revelation tells us. So this is going to happen. Here's the freaky part about it, and then I'm going to give you the encouraging part, okay? First the freaky, then the encouraging. The freaky part about it is, is what they're saying is since everything is digitized, all the ar- the items in grocery stores have barcodes, gas pumps have barcodes, everything in life is digitized. Greg, right now they're using satellites to digitize the trees on the planet. Now, I know they can't get them all. There's no way, but I'm reading articles, but they're giving up the trees a digital number on the planet. And they're, they're, what they're trying to do is so when you cut a tree down, they can charge you with a carbon credit. Now, th- I know that sounds crazy, but they're doing it now. <laughs> here's my point. I just think about our property. Here here's my church. point. They they have oh literally my. bragged, and I'll show you something else. I saw a guy at the World Economic Forum say just today, but they've literally bragged, Greg, um, about the fact that they'll have such control once they go to a digital currency that everybody listening to me, they can control every aspect of your life, truly, whether if you've got a newer car, whether it will start or won't start. You say, well, I've got an older car. Great. But even with that, whether you can buy gas or not buy gas, because of your digital uh, identification you're going to have, or buying certain groceries, because everything is digitized. They can shut off gasoline, they can shut off corn, they can shut off meat, they, they can turn on this, they can keep you from going on vacation, they can... I mean, it is literally the ability of total control, and the way it's going to be sold is, 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 is awesome. They're going to say, man, look at this. We're going to stop all sex trafficking, because they can't make money off of it anymore. We're going to stop all drug trafficking, can't make money off of it. They're going to, it's going to be presented with all these wonderful things that it will do. Because all these guys that are doing these evil things in the shadows, they can't do anymore, right? So it's going to shut that down. You so that means they're going to release the list of everyone that went to Jeffrey Epstein's island? Well, again, you know, you, that's, you know how that's controlled by those that have the switches of the <laughs> digital a, this stuff. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're not right. a, not you're everyone. Right. Well, go ahead. Anyway, anyway, my point is, there's a lot of positive things, and that's all we're going to be told. Yeah. So everybody's going to be going, wow, 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 what a great thing. But they're not going to realize until one day they go get in their car and they say, you can't drive today because you've reached your carbon credit limit, and you can't drive today. Right. Or you can't buy meat today. Or you can't buy this. It's going to be total control. And here's the good news. The good news on that is this. We're um, going to be gone. Yes, before this fully kicks in, because yeah. I believe truly the church will be raptured out of here before there may be some form of digital currency before we're gone. Don't get me yeah. wrong. We may see digital currency before the church is yeah. gone. But before, Greg, it becomes this oppressive. I believe the church will be gone. My opinion, here's why. It's going to be the Antichrist that 
causes everyone to take the mark. So the digital currency may be implemented, but not fully work 100%, right? right? So we may suffer under it for a while. But to make it fully implemented, you've got to have that mark. And at that point, it's going to be the Antichrist giving that mark. And that's when it says that we're, we're going to be gone before the Antichrist even is revealed. Yeah. So I believe the church. So the good news for us in the church is we may suffer with some of the precursors of the digital currency, but we will not suffer the actual total lockdown the Antichrist is going to do because we're going to be gone before he's revealed. You know, it's interesting, Pastor Mark, when we think about all the world's elites and we think about uh Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari and George Soros and Bill Gates and the list goes on and people that have really are having an active hand yes. in pushing this globalist agenda. They they think that this is that they're going to be in charge controlling and this won't apply to them. But the Bible tells us something very interesting about the Antichrist. Right. When he comes in and he comes in with that total control. Right. The Bible says that he will cause both small and great to take the mark. Yeah. So, hey, it's not just the guy that lives on the corner. Yeah. It's the guy that lives in the tower. Yeah. Well, in the castle. No, you're exactly right, Greg. And here's why. Because if, if you do it across the board by or sell, everybody has to be a part or they can't buy or sell. You might say, well, I'm going to hide. Well, there's only so long you can hide. You're going to need some kind of supplies. So it's going to force everyone that's here to do that, except for, again, there'll be some, we, we know there will be some that will hide until yeah. their death, or maybe whatever the case might be, make right. it to the end. Right. There will be some that do that, Greg, because they get saved afterwards, because we know there's going to be some when the Lord comes back. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is, is that if you're a believer, you can't yeah. be hiding. You're, you're supposed no. to be out sharing the gospel. So if you're a George Soros, or a Bill Gates, or a Yuval Noah Harari, right. or a Klaus Schwab, and you somehow are able to live long enough until the Antichrist shows up on the scene. Right. He's going to cause those guys That's right. to take the mark. That's right. No, I get what you're saying. You're exactly right. Now, here's the yeah. thing, too. It's interesting. I saw just today, I believe it was from the World Economic Forum, but it was a man connected to the to the, the central banks of the world sharing one of the, the uh, officials. And I think it's a World Economic Forum video. Um, and he's talking about, because the question came up, well, okay, great. If you implement a digital system, which, Greg, we may see before the mark, okay? Sure. And that's going to put great, that'll yeah. put like 75% of control on the world or whatever, right. but not that 100%, because that's got to come in with the mark. There, the idea was, how do you control everybody all over the place if you're just using smartphones and this kind of thing? You can't really control each body, if you will. How do you do that? And he said, well, here's what I've, he said, he said, here's what I've seen. He said, I spoke with one of the top officials working on it right now. And he said, um, he told me himself personally, he said, he, I have no reason to believe he's lying to me. He's a respected, uh, um, uh, you know, world system banker. I know him on a personal level. He said he wouldn't lie. He said, the way we're going to control eventually all individuals is he said, there'll be a little tiny mark that we'll put in. <laughs> I'm not joking. He said, a little tiny mark we'll put on the hand or in the, in the hand. Yeah. I mean, again, you can't make this stuff up. You can't up. make this stuff you up. You can't make it up. Yeah. So they already are planning. They already have ready the plan. To put something in everyone's hand so that when the digitized system is fully implemented, they can control everybody without question. And I believe up until that time, you know, it's going to be, you know, fought against or optional. But it's the Antichrist that's going to make it mandatory or or else you die. You're you're either getting on with the program or you're getting out of this world. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, We are discussing the signs of the times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. This is a broadcast weekly Fridays at one thirty on WIM that magically turns into a podcast. This is episode 242 that's enjoying the podcast later through all the different ways that you normally listen to podcasts. Chances are you will find us there. Now it's time to get to some listener questions. All right, our first question, Pastor Mark, comes from Will, who lives in Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. He says, I take uh, part in a small group where we're walking through Leviticus, and at the end of Leviticus 18, God tells Israel that due to the corruption or slash evil of the Canaanites, he is pushing them out of the land, the land that has become defiled. So his question is, is this what is going on? Or is this what God is doing to America as he sees what is going on in our country, how so many glorify all of the sexual sins, but can't help but see the parallels yeah. there? So yeah. is, is God pushing us out of this land? Uh, is know, that what's happening? You know, Greg, I think that's very possible. Okay. Only God knows. And here's why. This is a this is a biblical principle we principle we see in Scripture throughout Scripture. 
And that is where God told those that were in Canaan, he said, look, if you keep living this way, I'm going to, I'm going to, the lamb will vomit you out. I'm going to kick you out of the land and give it to somebody else. He tells us that in scripture that God gave them 400 years and then they didn't repent. So God moved, removed them from their land and he put Israel in. And a lot of people get upset. How could a God of love, you know, push this peace peoples out and replace them with someone else? Well, what they don't know is that God gave them 400 years to repent. 400 years, that's, yeah. That's a lot of grace. They yeah. didn't repent, so God removed them and replaced them. Because really, who does the land belong to? The whole earth belongs. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's the landlord. He can do what he wants. So he pushed the, pushed them out and brought in the Jews. We've seen this throughout history. I, I, I think that, um, you know, this is, could be a sensitive subject for some, but I have to be honest about this biblical principle. Um, you know, we see the Indians that were here in America before we came. They were worshiping false gods, the totem poles, all the things, whatever. I believe God gave them a long time, and eventually I think God moved us in and gave us the land. People say, you took the land of the Indians. I think God gave it to us because he gave them time to repent, and they didn't. And so God moved us in the land, just like he did with Israel and the Canaanites. Well, now... We're doing just like the Canaanites and the Indians that were worshiping false gods, and not all Indians worship false false gods. I know that. I'm not. This doesn't disparage you on the Indians. I'm talking about for those that worshipped all the false gods of nature and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're doing that. So we're doing the same thing the Indians did. We're doing the same thing the Jews did. And God says, you know, if if you continue to do what I tell you not to do on my land, I will I will vomit you out as well. I'll push you out of the land. And I believe that that may be underway. We may be seeing America. Being replaced now, you see the border being flooded, and you know if you're a political person, you're you know you're you're really upset about that. You're going, you know, that's not God. Look, I'm not saying that it's right um, on a human level or political level. It's horrible what's happening. It's it's lawless and it shouldn't be happening. What I'm saying is, God warns if a nation or a people continues to live in sin and they don't repent. I will eventually overrun them with a new group of people and force yeah. them out and give their land to someone yeah. else. And I think it's possible yeah. our land could be being turned over to someone else and the process may have begun. Right. And yeah, and for, and you know that you bring up a good point for those people that are looking at this from a political standpoint and saying, if our government and our administration would just do the right thing and protect our borders, we wouldn't have this problem. And yes, that's true. Yeah. But they're not. And so you have to look at the larger picture. You have to look at the spiritual battle that we're under. And you have to remember the Bible has already given us precedence yeah. for this type of behavior. Yeah. And that is this. When we look at the life of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, especially, you know, as we study Daniel and whatnot, it, it, there's a certain point there in Scripture, and I don't remember where it is, but God says that Nebuchadnezzar is his servant. That's right. That means that God has a sovereignty beyond what we look at good versus evil and, and, and God's not over it. God's over it all. And that doesn't mean that he approves evil, but he will definitely use those things for his purposes. His ways are not our ways. They're beyond finding out. Right. We, we could, we could spend days worth of shows trying to talk about that. And the bottom line is we'll never come to that answer, not on this side of earth. So we have to always look at things that are happening physically, politically, whatever, yeah. through the lens of Scripture. Yeah, you're right, Greg. And here's the thing. The border is not going to be solved by political issues. No. Uh, our economy is not going to be solved by political issues. I'm not saying those of you that are politically active shouldn't be doing it. Yes, I think God calls certain people to that. So I praise the Lord for that. Here's what I'm saying. Um, these are issues that are only going to be solved spiritually. If If you want to see the border fixed... We need to repent as a nation. Chronicles 714. If if we want to see the economy fixed, we need to repent as a nation. If we want to see a wicked leadership replaced in America, we need to repent as a nation. This all comes down to something so simple, following Jesus. And if our nation would repent and follow Jesus, the Lord said, I'll I'll heal your land. I will do this. I'll take care of you. Uh, Again, doesn't mean we lay down the, the, the avenues God has given us to take action politically for things we can affect. But these things are not going to be solved politically. These are spiritual issues. And so that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, but but I do believe that America may be being forced out of the land because of the worship we have of all of our false gods, our money, our things. Yeah. God says, look, you keep worshiping false gods. I'm going to remove you from the land, which is my land, and I'm going to give it to somebody else. And I think that may very well be underway unless we repent. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Paul, who enjoys signs of the times south of us in Seymour, Tennessee. And. His first question is this. Reading Revelation raises some questions for me. Are the only Christians who qualify for the rapture those who possess a spiritual condition like those of the church in Philadelphia? 
That's his first question. Right. You know, I, I, I when you look at the seven churches, uh, there's there's only really uh, one church for sure that looks like, OK, these none of these guys here are saved as far as that particular church. And that's the last one, which is the false church of the last days. I believe there's a picture of believers being saved in all of those churches. OK, overall, it's, just, it's a picture of, of, of believers in different places, different churches, different states. But there is the Church of Philadelphia, which is specifically the Church of the Rapture, which we'll get to another question. I have to mention it here. It doesn't make sense. Yes. But I do believe that in all those churches, except for one, you do see believers that will be saved um, but and some that won't be. I think there's a warning there, and there's also a door. So you can't, knock, you can't bring it down to just one. Uh, but at the same time, there's some very serious warnings in them that we need to heed. Yeah. All right. Uh, the second question is this. Uh, what did Jesus mean when he said... The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life. I guess this is in reference to Revelation 3, 5, maybe. Right. Uh, anyway, his question is basically this. Can a Christian be blotted out from the book of life? Yeah, it's interesting. He does say, you know, uh, in Revelation 3, 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white. I will not blot his name out of the book of life. That's kind of an interesting uh, passage there and we see other places greg where the scripture talks about uh those being blotted out when moses is crying out for the children of israel he's like he's like lord you know blot me out of your book and save them it shows you his heart i mean i i don't know that i could say lord let me be eternally condemned and let these wicked people go that's i, I can't associate with that kind of heart at this point right but moses was there after spending 40 days up there with god in his glory you know and and so and he said no i'll blot out those that i blot out and i'll leave those in that i leave in so, again, this is a theological question that I know Christians will come down on both sides of. I'll tell you where I come from and what I see in the Scripture, what I believe to be true. But I'll say this. Um, we don't divide over this. This is not a, divi- a, div- a division type thing when it comes to things as, you know, uh, essentials or not essentials. Um, but I do believe uh, that we should be, you know, make sure we cover our bases. Here's the bottom line. The Bible clearly says that the Lord can and will blot certain people out of the book of life. That's just a fact. No matter where you're coming from theologically. The Bible says that. Now, you'll find different theological opinions as to why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some will say, well, you know, we all start out in the book of life. So he's just blotting some out that really never got saved. I have to reject that. I have to reject that theological position and, and say, yes, some will get blotted out. And I'll, and I'll we'll spend time to develop this because you have to first be in a book before you can be blotted out of the book. And the Bible very clearly teaches that when we are born, we are born separate from God. We are born sinners. We are born unsaved. We're not born in this flesh in the book of life. We're born in the book of flesh, and we have to be born again, John chapter 3 says. That's when our name gets written in the Lamb's book of life. So when you're born, you're born separated from God. It's not in there. And then you give your life to God, and then it's in there. So, yeah. It, it again brings up a heavy topic, and that is this: God is going to blot some out, and that means that some that are written in there will be blotted out. So, what are the implications of that, and how is that possible? That leads yeah. him probably to the next question. But um, that is the last question. Okay, I thought yeah. I didn't. I guess I missed the part. You said yeah, I fine. read it where he snatched him out of his hand, but that part anyway. Okay. okay. Um, the Lord said, "No one can snatch you out of my hand." Let me say this: yeah. I believe that no one can snatch you out of the Lord's hand. If you know Jesus Christ, you can't be pulled out. So I, my theological position is this. It is impossible to lose your salvation. Let me state that again. I believe theologically, because the Lord said no one can snatch you out of, my, out of my hand, it is impossible to lose your salvation. So then how could there be those written in the Lamb's book of life that get blotted out if you can't lose it? I believe you can't lose your salvation. But I do believe the Scripture says you can leave it. Those are two very different things. One is nobody can take you away from God that you don't want to be taken away. But we talked about one of the marks of the enemy, Greg. He removes choice and will. Well, God always allows choice and will. And if you choose to walk away from God, I believe God will let you. Now, do I believe that can happen overnight? No. I think that's probably a lifelong decision that would go many, many years before God would allow it. He's going to continue to call you back, pull you back, reach out to you, all that. And I realize that, you know, for a lot of people, theologically, this can be challenging and you may disagree and that's fine. Again, I'm, I'm not God. You know, you, you've got to go to the word to get your own answers. However, I will say this. Um, you see throughout scripture where there are those that, that, you know, choose to walk away. 
Um, I have people in my life that I know. I know of a particular, you think about uh, Charles Templeton, who was preaching the gospel alongside Billy Graham for many years, leading thousands and thousands to Christ. And then later he chose to leave and walk away, and he denounced his faith. Well, nobody snatched him out. He chose to leave. And I believe in those kind of situations, um, there are those that can be blotted out. Because you've got to be written in first before you can be blotted out. You can't lose it, but I believe you can leave it. I know that's a, kind of a, a hot-button theological issue, but that's where I stand on it, yeah. and that's what I believe the Scripture teaches. Fair enough. Guys, thanks for your questions, and if you've got a question, uh, we invite you to go to this waymedia.net, click on Signs of the Times, or you can just take the shortcut URL and just go to the signs.org, and you'll see where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. Uh, really quickly, Pastor Mark, uh, Dave on our secret text line yes. uh, said that from uh, 1620 to 2020, uh, for our nation, has been 400 years. So when we think about the Canaanites... Uh, God giving them 400 years to repent. And, um, and I guess, oh, uh, the, I, I asked him the significance of 1620. He said, pilgrims landed bringing the gospel with them. Yeah, you know, I've, so always, anyway, I've always thought so about it go. much later. I've always thought about, you know, thanks for just really kind of putting that damper on there, Dave. Appreciate yeah. that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I've always thought about it being the 1700s and going, okay, well, we may have another hundred years here, but, yeah. uh, that puts a different perspective on it. And, um, well, then maybe the rapture is quicker you know, than what we think. Here's the bottom line. There's two things I'd say, first of all, about our nation. Bottom line yeah. is we need to repent. And let yes. me say this. Bottom line about the last question, because I want to lay this out there as well. Yeah. Because you might say, well, what about, you know, what do we do? What if we, if we really can be blotted out, if we really can walk away or whatever? Here's the thing. Jesus said in John chapter 15, abide in me and I in you. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and if you remain in me, then everything's fine. Here's what Pastor Chuck used to always say, such wisdom. If we simply stay in Christ, the word abide means to stay in. He says, those who don't, the branch will be cut off and thrown in the fire. It's pretty clear. But he said, for those who stay in me, then I'll stay in you. And, and here we go. Everything's well. Now it's up to the Lord. The Lord's the one that holds it all together. Okay. I get that, but we have to make that choice to let him. So the key is, as long as we remain in Christ, it is a non-issue. Right. If you remain in Christ, it's a non-issue as to whether you can leave or not leave, because it'll never affect you. You're just in Christ. If you leave Christ, it becomes an issue, and you may need to repent and say, you know, I need to make a decision here before I go too far down the road I'm going. I think it's a good, healthy, godly fear. Yeah. But remain, and it's a non-issue. And so, anyway, that brought fair up enough. a good, yeah, fair yeah, absolutely. Say, yeah. Great questions. And that's what we love about you guys uh, that listen and watch this program. You know, you guys are really digging into the Word. Uh, you're being Bereans, and you're asking some great questions that no doubt are a blessing to get uh, for other people who might have thought about those things as well. So yeah. we like the interaction for sure. All right, Pastor Mark, uh, kind of on it, up against it a little bit, about 10 minutes. Uh, this is uh, some Jew hate for us uh, from Zechariah 12 and Matthew 24. This is uh, Jewish and Israel News reporting New York anti-Semitic hate crimes up 125% just last month. Yeah. Just yeah. in last month. So anyway, this is a continuation theme that we keep talking about. It is. And I've read other articles where it's worldwide, Greg. Yes. This is not just in New York. It's happening worldwide. Again, uh, anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City during the month of November increased 125%, as you said. The New York PD recorded 45 anti-Semitic hate crimes in November 20. 2022 and 21, they recorded only 20. According to the data, Jew, Jewish New Yorkers were the most targeted group, accounting for 60% of all hate crimes. Again, this is interesting to me, Greg, because the Bible says not just in Zechariah, but also in Revelation, there's going to be a turning again. Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is yes, what a you turning against yes. The Jew, they, yes, against the Jews. I want to give something different than just Revelation. Yeah, sure. But I've noticed something else, even, Greg, those among those who say they're Christians. There is this anti-Israel, anti-Jewish sentiment that's getting more vocal on some of the radio talk shows that I'm hearing. People are getting braver about saying, well, you know, the Jews really this, and they're a problem, and they're hiding things, and I'm going, whoa, these are so-called Christian as well. And by the way, it's not just Kanye who claims to be a Christian, but this Hitler praise is on the rise as well. People are praising Hitler and attacking Jews. I'm like, oh my goodness, I would have never dreamed this in my lifetime. Well, first of all, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Yes. That is that is clearly evident. Yes. Well, what's evident to me also, too, Pastor Mark, is I think, and this, this is where I think secular psychology has enabled this type of thinking, and that is this. It's never your fault. 
Yeah. We're going to we're going to blame shift this to your parents or, right. or, or, or something. That's right. Other than yourself, we're going to take that guilt away yep. because we don't want you to feel guilty. We want yep. you to feel happy. Yeah. And the Bible is completely the opposite. It's like God uses guilt for correction. Yes, he does. For repentance, for yes. a turning in his direction and not in the way that we're going. You're guilt right. Guilt is a good thing. Guilt can be a great thing. Yes. And, you know, again, shame. We see God yes. using shame yes. to correct people. So we look at guilt and shame and say, oh, no, you shouldn't. No, God uses that. And so, again, you're right, Grace. Great point. So so now now all the world's problems, we got to blame some. Somebody, so now let's blame the Jews. Yeah, it's amazing. And we looked at history. Just if you don't think this is spiritual, yeah. look throughout history. Greg, we're in Daniel right yes. now. One quick point. We're in yeah. Daniel. I'm studying Daniel today for Sunday. And it says there are there are those among this people group, the Jews, who refuse to obey you, O Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, yes. they're focusing in on the Jews. Jews. I mean, this has been going on since almost time began, since the fall, <laughs> the, since the well, since the yes. Jews and Abraham really became yeah. acknowledged. They've been attacked because God said, "I'm going to use you in a special way." Absolutely, wow. All right, uh, the smorgasbord of disaster uh, with pestilence, plagues, and lots of corruption. Uh, this is from WVLT.TV. It's our local uh, CBS affiliate here in Knoxville. Uh, where they're asking the question, are so many volcanic eruptions normal? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Knoxville, Tennessee. How about that? We met, actually got a Knoxville article in here. Over the last few weeks, several, several volcanoes have erupted around the world. Mauna Loa in Hawaii um, on the 27th in mid-September. It jumped from 40 to 50 a day. Um, given these signs, scientists anticipate that, um, uh, you know, anticipate, anticipated when Monolo would erupt. The second big eruption was in uh, December 2nd in Stromboli, Italy. That sounds like a great meal that we can enjoy in Italy. Um, alarm sounded as the clouds. <laughs> Some about, marinara sauce coming out yes, of the volcano. Stromboli yes. and ash. Now, anyway, I, don't, I shouldn't make fun of that. I, hopefully nobody was. Yes. In this one, there were some people, but in this one, I don't think hurt. But alarm sounded as clouds of ash were sent into the air. Many people have been evacuated after the eruption in Indonesia as well on December 7th. An active and dangerous volcano that killed nearly 300 people. This one was deadly. Um, and again, uh, three major eruptions so close together are unusual, they say. When asked if the eruptions are linked, Dr. Robert Hatcher Jr. said, As you say, three volcanoes erupted in the last several weeks. This is not something we expect all the time. As I said, there's no direct relationship and occurrence to volcanic activity. I believe there is, and I'll disagree with that, Professor. Yep. He may be wise in his knowledge of the earth and volcanoes. However, Romans 8.22 says, In the last days, the earth will be groaning for the return of the Lord. We're seeing the earth groaning. The earth has a bellyache, <laughs> and it's we feel its bellyache. When the earth bellyaches, yeah. man, we all feel it. And I think you're going to see, again, more earthquakes, more volcanoes. This is a part of our future. Uh, the Bible warns us. Right. From things that cause belly aches to things that cause headaches. Uh-oh. This is from Fox News. Cambridge Dictionary has now changed the definition of man and woman. Again, this is not up to man to do. Man has no right to change the definition. God made I, man and God makes the definitions. I, I, when I read that article, I, I said, um, excuse me, biology would like a rebuttal. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Cambridge Dictionary criticized by conservatives should be by everybody on the social media for altering the definitions of word, of definition of man and woman to include people who identify, uh, as a gender other than their biological sex. It is Greek. This is a direct denial of reality. We've come to a place to where so many in our in our in our world today, they just directly deny reality. And nobody now some do think it's crazy like us, but the majority go, yeah, okay, I'm going to directly deny reality. It's no big deal. It goes on the definition of a woman, which previously represented the longstanding view on their sex. Now says that a woman is, and I quote, an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth, and the same is true for men. Now, here's the thing. If if that is the real definition, it truly can be anything now. What if you identify as a turtle? Then you're a turtle. I mean, they can't say you're not a turtle. That's that's what you identify as. I mean, I, I look at it, it is so insane. It's like you're denying reality and your senses. I feel like Scrooge, you're denying your senses. Remember years ago, and we would read Romans, and Romans says, uh, because they worship the creature rather than the creator, yeah. God gives them over to a debased or a depraved Romans mind. Romans 1, yeah. And, and we're trying to fathom to what depths does that definition play itself out as? Yeah, yeah. And then we've got people that think that they can play Mr. Potato Head in real life, and somehow they can be something other than what God created them to be in terms of their gender. Yes. Okay, not not in terms of what they want to be in life and all of that, but you know their gender. There's only two. But Greg, they're even going beyond that. You said not, but they've got people that are identifying as cats now. 
Yeah, so... I mean, I mean, they're using... There's a school system. They're, they're putting litter boxes in certain classrooms for these kids that want to identify as a cat. Now, we, we laugh on the inside, but we cry. I, that, it is, it's not even funny. Again, where does it end? Here's the point. If, I, if someone identifies as a bird and they jump off a building, see, the reality is going to tell them you're yes, going to die. You're going to die. So you're going to hit the ground and die, and it's going to be like, well, you know, nature has no right to judge me. The gravity has no right to judge me. You're, you're denying reality. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. God made certain things to work a certain way. No matter what we think or feel, it doesn't change yeah. reality. Yeah. And you, you almost want to, it's not about a political issue. It's like, wake up. You're going to hurt yourself and other people. And it's a total denial of God in reality. I, I don't know what else to say. Let the Bible be your dictionary. No kidding. No kidding. You want to find out what a man and a woman is? Read your Bible. Read it your tells Bible. You. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's head to the church for more insanity. Yeah. Uh, and when I say the church, this is the Catholic Church. Yep. And as someone who was raised in the Catholic Church, went to a, an all-boys Catholic high school, I am I can say that I'm glad I'm not a part of that movement or religion anymore in my life. Well, this priest is certainly not a part of the church. Exactly. Uh, this is from Front Page Mag. Uh, priest is advocating porn. For overstressed clergy. Unbelievable. One of one of the biggest problems facing our world today, someone called a priest is is promoting. Well, you and I know firsthand because of our involvement with an organization here in Knoxville called Street Hope, um, and so much of the sex trafficking, and you referenced that in another article, so much of the sex trafficking they're finding out is because guys first got involved in pornography right. and it That's went right. from there. So anyway. Again, this is just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. Again, a priest recommends pornography to fellow priests. It sounds strange at first, even a bit queer, it says. But if you read below the headlines, you discover that Frank, or rather, um, uh, I guess it's FR, is that Friar? FR uh, Bacchus is also a psychologist. Maybe it's Friar Bacchus. I think it's Friar okay. Bacchus. All right. Yeah. And of course, psychologists speak with authority even on moral issues. At least that's what Friar Bacchus seems to believe. He's oh, no, quite, FR. I'm sorry. That's what is Father. That? That's Father. All right. Sorry. That's for abbreviation I, well, for Father. I don't have a Catholic background. I, had, I so. turned the article over, so I was just going by, yeah. And yeah. No, it's Father. I don't see it on there, but yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Anyway, uh, he, he's. But quite, he's going to be friared. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he is quite proud of being a psychologist and mentions the fact several times during the interview. For example, I not only have a degree in psychology, but also a graduate degree in moral theology. Moral theology? Think about that. His morals, what does that mean? Well, he's supposedly an expert in what is moral before God. Wow. You talk so maybe about, he knows better than God. You talk about... What, what is the juxtaposition? <laughs> yeah. Is his immoral theology is what he's teaching. He says, uh, but in our institution, I work as a psychologist who is also a priest and not the other way around. Uh, his degree in psychology trumps the degree in moral theology. Um, as a psychologist, I do not judge or condemn porn consumption. Well, again, here's the thing. God does, and you're supposed to represent God. You're a false teacher. You're a false prophet. And you need to repent because you're going to stand before God one day. But I think of those he's leading down the wrong path. This is so sad to me, Greg. You know, the Bible talks about. Our flesh and our spirit being like oil and water, being at constant battle with each other. Yeah. Even as a believer, even as a saint, even as a Christian, yeah. every admonition that the Bible gives us in dealing with our flesh and with our sinful nature is a daily, if not, you know, without ceasing mindset. And I don't care if you're eight years old or 80 years yeah. old. Yeah. You always have to battle this, and clearly he's given up the battle. Yep, that's right. You're exactly right. Anyway, uh, why don't you kind of tell us about something good with that? We're, we don't have time for this good news article. We're just okay. out of time. Well, again, let me tell you some good news I can tell you. You know, we yes. talk about a lot of heavy things here on the show, and um, and we speak sometimes with passion. And, and, and please forgive us if we ever go too far in our passion that may come across the wrong way. But our hearts are pure, and we want everyone in the kingdom of God. And here's what the message is for Christmas, and really any other time, for those that are listening, especially if you don't know the Lord today, and that is this. Look, Jesus died for you on a cross, and and right now he may be convicting you of your sin. You may, for the first time, realize, I need to get right with God. It's so easy to fix. Say, Lord, please forgive me. I believe you died for me on the cross. I choose to turn from my sin and follow you. And if you'll do that from your heart, not your lips, from your heart, the Bible says you'll be born again, and there is no better good news than that, because you can do that right now and have your eternity secure. Yep, and that good news never stops. That's right. That's right. 
Just like our radio station here at WIM, 24 hours a day, Bible teaching and praise and worship music. We invite you to stay with us if you're listening on the air online live right now. If not, you can catch us next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times. Follow us.